I was ready for that change. The problem was I didn't know it. And so I probably would have continued to just kind of be fair to okay in my marriage for an undetermined amount of time. But the universe, in my opinion, had a different plan for me. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prebo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Should I Stay or Should I Go? And I have a conversation with Sean Rawls. I was introduced to Sean through my stepsister, Laura Morton, whom some of you may know through a past podcast that Laura and I did in September 2020 called Anxiety and Families. Laura and Sean, they co-wrote a book together, which I'll discuss in a bit. Laura said, you gotta meet Sean. So I had a conversation over the phone and I'll tell you an hour later of a pure juicy conversation, I made a new friend and a new podcast guest. So I really wanted Sean on because in his book, Effortless, 18 F words to reframe and repurpose your life. Sean shares many jewels and one that sparked me was that he left a 17-year marriage and the difficult process to do that. So we have a conversation this episode that we explore the questions and the dilemmas that a majority of people in the world will or already have experienced, whether in romantic relationships or friendships or work. That question, should I stay or should I go? And we dived into this incredibly daunting choice point I call in our lives. We talked about things like if you find yourself wondering whether you should stay where you are or go somewhere else, and before you take that action, you need to do a bit of soul searching. Yep. Every choice you make, particularly the big ones involving your relationships or your career, it can change the course of your life forever. And making those choices, if I should stay or should I go, it sure did change the course of my life for the better. And both Sean and I give some tips and tools on how to get more in touch with yourself, you know, your alignment with making these challenging decisions. So let me tell you a little bit more about Sean. After building Atlanta's number one real estate company, Sean continued his passions for helping people live their best lives and produce their best work by writing the book, as I told you before, Effortless, 18 F words to reframe and repurpose your life. And Effortless helps you evaluate important aspects of your life and helps you on your path to living the life you want rather than accepting the life that you've got. Sean is an author and a highly sought after speaker based in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, folks, here we go. Should I stay or should I go? Mm-hmm. Should I stay or should I go now? Do, 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 
Should I stay or should I go now? If I go, there will be trouble. And if I stay, it will be double. So come on and let me know. Should I stay or should I go? Dun, 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 dun. All right, man. Thanks so much for for wanting to do this. I, I really appreciate you making the time. And and we wrapped a few weeks ago and hit it off. And that, what to me, was the important thing that that you and I hit it off in that conversation. So welcome, welcome. Man, I'm 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 super excited to be here. I've listened to some of your episodes, and uh, I'm very honored to uh, be able to have a conversation with you that that might help me along the way, but also might help some of the people that that, that tune into this. Yeah, you're right. You know, when I do these episodes and whatever topic that I'm talking about, I know that I either reinforce something, reconfirm or learn something in the conversation. So I'm looking forward to this. The topic of should I stay or should I go? Boy, man, that's that's a big one because I think either everybody in their life has had that experience or they definitely will have experience to make that that choice point in their life. And, and it's so, got so many applications, right? Yeah. In, in what areas? Certainly. And obviously for this show, for a relationship. But should I stay or should I go? I mean, that people ponder that for jobs or projects or sports teams or extracurricular activities for kids. And um, it's a big question that gets asked without even knowing you're asking it until you've probably struggled with it for a long time and you've hit a wall, I think. but. Um, did you ever read the Seth Godin book, um, The Dip? No, I haven't. That's what it's about. Mm. It's about you know when to quit and when to push through. It's a, it's a very interesting and easy read. His books usually are, but it, it could be a good piggyback for, for someone that's listening to this that wants a little different context or info. Great. Do you remember the important choice points when you were younger about making these decisions? Should I stay or should I go? wherever it was, was it a relationship or a job? Do you remember one in particular that, that comes up for you? I can remember wanting to play football in like middle school. Yeah, my mother wasn't crazy about the idea of playing football, but you know, like most boys, you think it's the coolest thing ever. She let me play, but said, if you play, you got to finish, right? Mm -hmm. It didn't take me long with hot summer workouts and full pads and just not being developed and being immature to, to, to think, man, this, this, this is very different than what I saw in the brochure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and so what happened is I started looking for reasons to quit. Mm. And I, including, I just, I was hoping the coach would kick me off the team. Cause I was like a, I think I was a backup to the backup quarterback, right? So, I mean, yeah. it's like I never got any playing time. I just sit around and, you know, was an idiot with my friends and that sort of thing until one day the coach said, hey, Rawls, come in and uh, play. And, he, and, he, and he, he knew I was not paying attention. So, he gave me the, the last string offensive line to run some plays against the first string defensive line. And um, – to say I got annihilated in the course of about, you know, 10 or 15 minutes is, is an understatement. Mm. And boy, did I want to quit. And I wasn't allowed to. Mm. Because the deal was, hey, you wanted to play the sport, so stick it out. And so you kind of, you know, it's, 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 that's probably the first thing that comes to mind, whether it really applies. But I do think there's that whole, you know, I made a commitment. Is it ride or die? Mm -hmm. Or 
is there an asterisk that, you know, the commitment is a commitment and unless shit starts going wrong. And then maybe, maybe it, maybe we need to change course and reset our sales. I think everybody struggles with it. And then you've got different personality types that, you know, some people are perpetual victims and they're just going to blame everyone else for the situation they're in and, and, and have no, no issue or remorse or guilt about, about pulling the ripcord and, and popping the parachute, jumping out. Right. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. other, and other people just, they they take so much responsibility that they never offload any or you know they assume everything's their fault and and they they don't want to be charged with failure or um, letting somebody else down or hurting somebody else's feelings and they do ride it to the end because that was the commitment and I was married to somebody like that once and commitment a uh, commitment above all things including happiness or peace or love or you know but it, it just it, and it does and. And when those, if they're not in alignment, it's a problem. But I think, I think behaviorally at some point, how you approach responsibility has to play into whether, you know, should I stay or should I go? Yeah. You know, that thing around, as you're saying, commitment, when people are just more committed to the commitment than they are for the reality of where they are and knowing what their happiness is, then I think that's more in a prison than it is allowing the aspects of of freedom. Because I know if I make a decision that's aligned more with who I am and what I want, I feel free. When I want to be somewhere, there's an expansion. You know, Sean, I remember when I was in, I think it was an adult relationship that I was in. I think I was about 26. And I knew that the relationship really wasn't serving me. And somebody told me, you know, just go ahead and sit with the question. Do you want to be in this relationship? And say the word yes. And then feel it in your solar plexus. Like, is there an expansion or is there a contraction? Oh, does yes make you feel like, oh shit? Or does yes make you feel like fantastic? Exactly. Exactly. Wow. That's great. It is. Because I used to do that and I used to, you know, I would get the answer, but it was the hard answer. And I'm like, fuck. So I would go sit somewhere else in the room and try it again, you know, and I would still get that, that feeling of, I, I knew, I knew the, my body knew the answer. Now, it took me six months to align with my body's answer, but the body knows. And I think that that we don't use that tool enough. You know, we say in our gut, you know, we feel it in our gut. Well, trust that in some way, especially around the solar plexus area. Is that a line? Because we know when we want something. It's like, yes, man, I want to do this, a whole body. And then there's the aspects of when we know we're not aligned. Boy, our body is not congruent. So I think that that has helped me make more and more decisions. Dude, that is that I'm I'm literally sitting here thinking that is so simply brilliant. Mm. We all ask the question, right? We, we 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 all ask the question, but we don't give the give an answer and see how the answer resonates. That's right. Just say yes and mm-hmm. see how yes. God, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, really, that's yeah. that's fantastic. I mean, we could do that with little things about, do you want eggs this morning? All right, let me fill Anything. it out eggs, right? Yeah. And to get the mind away from it, but the resonance of the body, because I know for me that my mind can play, I can do a trick bag around so many different questions and, and bring up all kinds of things to for my mind to align in a certain way, but my body knows. And I think that that's the aspect of when we're living in what we call our true alignment, that we have to bring that in. And I think that's an important factor when 
there's several questions that people could be asking themselves. And we're going to talk about some of those tools that they can about whether they're in a the right situation, whether they're in the right relationship for them. But there's a resonance to this that's, I think, so important. You know, I've got a friend, she was in my company, and she is probably one of the most studied experts of feng shui, probably one of the top in the Southeast and, and maybe even the country, as far as I know, I don't know. But she's done all my studies for, for all of our, you know, I wouldn't open an office without getting her to, to, to show me the feng shui and what needed to happen. But before all that, she, she did, she went back and tracked all my feng shui, like in, in the houses, I've, offices I've, I've started. And what she validated for me is she said, you know, you, you've always, the decisions you made on the house you chose to live in and the office and, the, and not even just the building, but where your office is in the building, it's all been in beautiful alignment with who you are. And she said, so the only reason I'm telling you that is if you're ever like going, I like this and I can't put my finger on it and I don't know why, but I, I like this one better than the other one. She said, have you ever been in that? And I said, sure, I can give you a lot of examples of that. She said, when that's happening and you can't put your finger on it, that's your internal body in alignment with, with feng shui. There's an energy mm. source that you're just naturally gravitating to. And you, don't, you didn't even know you were doing it. But she said, so here's what I'm going to tell you. She said, based on your path, trust that feeling. Because if you can't explain why you like something, but you don't have to, don't feel like you have to, that's just an energy alignment that you can't see or touch or feel, but you're feeling it and you're making decisions on it. So trust it. And it's, it was, it's really good. It's, it's very, once you kind of realize that you've got a good history or a bad history, you can kind of go forward with that in mind. Yeah. And I think our bodies are ahead of us because when we, we feel aligned in that, there's a knowing that we may not be ready yet for the understanding of it. You know, even feeling like, wow, being in this environment, this is not comfortable. I don't know why, man. It's really nice. People are there, but I'm not feeling it. And I think that's the part of understanding as we're talking about in relationships of if, if we're not feeling it to be in relationships and sure, there's times that we might have to make, you know, dire decisions that are urgent to leave, whether, you know, we're being really treated badly, there's abuse and we're in danger. Yes, th there's there's decisions to be made. But if we're if that is not urgent, there's an aspect to be able to try to really understand the feeling. When I'm around somebody, whether it's my wife, my child, or my friends, if I if my body is not comfortable around them, I, I've got to understand that. Like what's going on that I'm not comfortable? Am I not showing up? Am I not being truthful? Am I withholding? And I think a lot of people that make the default decision to stay in the relationship when there's this little voice of feeling saying that they shouldn't be in it, they shrink. And they and when when we shrink in, inside of ourselves, we don't hear our voice. We don't hear our empowerment. So we get really, really confused. I think as a man, hmm. I don't think we always trust those feelings. Yeah. And more importantly, I don't think we trust ourselves to try to have a conversation about them yeah. <laughs> to go, you know, if I bring this up and it doesn't, and it doesn't land well, I don't really know that I've got cleats on that can, that can really stand my ground because I really, it's just a feeling and I, and, and, and to bring up something that's just doesn't feel right. I, I really, I don't really have enough gunpowder to defend that. So I, maybe I'm just going to, I'm just going to live with it. I'm going to sweep it under the rug and you know, you do that. 
a hundred times over the course of a few years, if not more. And, you know, you, you've swept enough under the rug that your rug is a friggin' problem. That's right. And it's your fault because you just didn't, A, you weren't comfortable enough in sharing or confident enough in sharing or comfortable enough with yourself. Or I, I do think if you can stereotype, which I hate doing, but mm-hmm. I think generally men have more of an issue of tapping into and communicating feelings than women typically do. Now, there's an asterisk to everything. Yeah. But typically, I mean, that's my perception. You, you, you know way more about this than I do. Yeah. No, I think you're correct on that. And I think that a lot of men, when they feel uncomfortable and they say they've been asked the question, well, what are you, what are you feeling right now? Usually a man says, nah, I don't know, or nothing. They're, what's really going on is we're feeling so much and we're overwhelmed and we're flooded. And I tell people, and I've said it on my podcast before, just try to use something like a part of me feels. Part of me feels angry. A part of me feels frightened. A part of me feels exhilarated. I can feel all kinds of different feelings at the same time. One might get more than the other, but just the the freedom to be able to say many women, like you, you just discussed, they, they're able to speak their feelings and experience what they're feeling without having to try to figure it out. Us men are trying to always going to what's incongruent to fix it. And I think when we're questioning whether it be in a relationship or not, we think that we need to fix it ourselves and find the data instead of being able to express, wow, there's something uncomfortable right now. I'm not feeling close. I'm, I'm having more and more thoughts to living a different life. And we're afraid, I think, of w- witnessing our partner's reaction to that. You know, how instead of like, I don't want to hurt that person. A lot of it is like, whoa, fuck, I don't want to, I don't want to see your freak out. I'm already confused. I don't want, I don't want to see you confused. So a lot of times people just shut it down and they don't really talk about where they are in the relationship. Because many times, Sean, I get people that one partner would say, I was blindsided. I had no idea that my partner wanted to leave. And either they're correct, their partner just kept it and kept it, or they were also in denial. And when their partner was putting those subtle subtle signs or even little discussions that they were unhappy, they wanted things to change, they didn't take it seriously. Yeah, it's it's funny. I, I just had a flashback of, you know, in my first marriage, it was um, that commitment thing, right, that I alluded to. I mean, I can remember her saying to me in a joking, not so joking way of, you know, <laughs> something would happen and say, well, you're stuck with me, you know, we're married, you're stuck with me. And that's a bad thing to say to my behavior profile. Uh because marriage or not, I, I want relationship. I want my relationship to be a beautiful choice every day. Committed, yes, to the long term, but still, I want to choose that every day. I don't want to feel like I'm behind bars and the, the key is thrown out, and it just who knows. People feel that they're in it, and therefore they're in it, and therefore they can't be out of it. And and I think when if you're not figuring out how to actively choose one another on a daily basis, then that's a beginning of a slow death, I think, or, or you're on a slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's beautiful to say that, you know, to actively choose, you know, we were speaking before and I, I like that phrase, do I like myself here? Do I like myself in this relationship, in this, in this work environment? And if I, if I don't, there's some inner work to do. It, what's going on for me? What, why am I not feeling exhilarated, something with my own creativity, my connection with life and not just this person, 
or is there aspects of this person that there's incompatibility, not alignment, that we're not able to acknowledge and validate each other's feelings in a way to feel seen and heard and safe and, and so forth. But I think that part of being able to do some inner work behind if there is lack and uncomfortableness. And and I'm I'm curious because you know, we'll talk about we'll talk about I'm, I'm gonna plug it, man. Your book, Effortless. That's right, 18 F words to reframe and repurpose your life. And and I love the chapters that that you wrote around and we were talking about the chapter around failure and, and freedom and so forth and fork and how did you know in your in your first marriage what what did you go through with because that's 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 such a racking decision especially when you have kids um because there's a commitment there that's binding and you sure better make you know a good decision because that's that's a lifelong decision that that we make if if we're if we're going to be severing a family tie to try to create a, a different transformation yeah it's 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 not for the faint of heart i can tell you that I'm an optimist by nature. I'm, I'm very much an optimist, and I, and I believe things will end well. And if I have anything to do with something, it's probably going to end well. And so um, there was a lot of that I brought into my marriage. My wife was very strong, strong-willed. She was Taurus, so she was you know strong and stubborn, and but smart and beautiful. I mean, like like just you know just a, a wonderful human being, but you know tough you know, and, and serious. And, and it's, I, I was the guy that thought, well, that's going to get better. She's not always going to feel this way or, or act this way, or she's just under a lot of pressure. Or, or I'll get some balls and really give it to her sometime. Right. Yeah. yeah every <laughs> once in a while, but I, I, that's never been part of my thing. My, I'm, I'm kind of a, I, I make, I smooth out rough water. Yeah. Nature. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good at that. And, but the problem is you can do that to your detriment. I mean, if you're doing that, that's great. But if you're doing that without taking care of yourself, it's going to show up. And it, and it did for me. And, it, and I didn't, and I probably, I mean, one of the things I learned coming out of that marriage was I really need to speak up. And I really need to, when you're saying, you know, am I, how do I feel in this? I didn't do that because what happened and I think there might be a pattern, you know, again, this is your expertise, not mine, but I think people stop talking because in, in my experience in marriage, it was, you know, if, if you didn't agree, you probably got shut down pretty fast and there wasn't really an open mindedness to talk about th- something and, and, and then land on a conclusion. It's people bring their conclusions to the beginning of the conversation and try to fight their way back to their conclusion to win or or to prove themselves right. And um, so therefore, I just, I chose not, I, you know, if you want to fight, I'll probably walk away. I mean, that's kind of my, I'm not, I'm not going to stand in there and go blow for blow. It's just not good energy for me. But that doesn't mean I can't say what I need to say. And that's the distinction I've really learned in the rearview mirror looking back at that for me is I just kind of ate a lot of vegetables that I didn't like. And I never really said, I just don't like the taste of these vegetables. And I should have. And it's a, it's a commitment I brought into my second marriage that I'm really critically aware of when I suppress something. And, and if, I, if it's something once, fine. But if it comes up again, particularly in, in a short time period, then that's a, that's a clue for me. Is I've, I've got to find a way to express this 
in a way that that keeps my marriage healthy because my ego protecting my emotions might build a wall and, and, and keep me from having a conflict today, but it also might, you know, just build to the point of destruction in a relationship I care very much about and want to protect with the most amount of, of, of intent that I can. Mm-hmm. Was there a choice point? Do you remember when you knew that you needed to make the decision to leave? Yeah, well, it, it wasn't pretty. Um, you know, in the book, I write that, you know, I was married for 17 years. I was ready for that change. The problem was I didn't know it. And so I probably would have continued to just kind of be fair to okay in my marriage for an undetermined amount of time. But the universe, in my opinion, had a different plan for me and presented me with the idea and the notion of a relationship that really made me question it. And when it puts it in your face like that, and, and, and you just, I can, I can totally remember going, this is, this clearly is being put here so that I can evaluate where I'm at and what I truly want because I've always known I wanted the perfect whatever. I mean, I, I want the perfect marriage. I want the perfect um, whatever, whatever situation or environment. But I wasn't living it. And I, and I really wasn't being true to myself. And, and, and there, was a, there was a day I was pulling out of the house and I had my second child in the backseat of the car. And my wife, had she was upset about something. And he was upset that she was upset. And he said, why does she get so upset? It was just looking at him in that rear view mirror. And I, I, I think I will always remember that, looking back and seeing him upset. Why, you know, why, is she get, why, why, is she, why does she get so upset? And I thought, this isn't, this, this isn't going to work. This is not the way I want a, a, a child to grow up, you know, just kind of in conflict or not seeing people that are happy. And so I felt an obligation to create an environment where my boys would have a vision of what a happily married couple looked like because they saw a couple that was, I mean, we, my ex-wife and I were business partners and looking back, I think we were more of a merger than a marriage at the end of the day. You know, my kids saw kind of a functioning business kind of relationship, you know, not that they would have defined it that way, but that's what they were seeing. I mean, they weren't seeing a lot of affection, endearment, and just things that you, you know, if you were writing on paper, what you want your kids to see in, in, in their parents' relationship. They, they, you know, there was a lot of cool stuff that I would have liked them to be able to see, but they just didn't. And I knew, I mean, I, that, that, I, that's probably the memory for me where I just, where I just knew it was like a hit on the head of like, this isn't, this isn't working, dude. Yeah. And then I think when people know, then it comes either they they shut it down because of the unknown of the difficulty of, of what it's going to take to move through that. And we're not going to downplay that. Yeah. It can be a difficult transition to create the life that you want. But the one, the one thing that I tell people is instead of thinking about all the obstacles to shut down your desire to align yourself with the life that you want and the decision, it's more about trusting that you'll be able to respond 
to your life, not all those detailed things. Because if we don't have confidence in our response to our life, then boy, it's going to be difficult when we have to go through all of the logistic things and think about what we got to do. But if we sit back and go, wait a second, I know there's going to be a lot here, or I have no idea what I'm going to confront, but I know that I'm going to respond to, to my life and show up and make these decisions and keep making decisions, then it doesn't seem so daunting because so many people, once they have that feeling, they also just, that unknown, the, the, the fear of the unknown in that transition of how they're going to create their life stops them from that momentum too. It, it does. I mean, and, and the problem is, I think we wait until we're in, an, in a mayday situation to evaluate. And by the time you get there, there's not a lot of logic involved. And so a little bit of logic that's contrary to the way you feel can really fuck with you, for lack of a better word. Let's say somebody's listening to this and their marriage is fine and they just want to be better at it, right? But they're not emotionally torqued up or unhappy or whatever it is. They just, they just want to be better. And that's a brilliant time to sit down and make a list that you can refer to and say, okay, what are some rules that you want to know or be known for living by? You know, what, what are some rules that you want to know or be known for making decisions by? Do you want to make decisions that are easy or do you want to make decisions that are right? Do you want to make decisions that uh, are, are, are tough to make, but are right for you or right for the, I mean, really, I mean, if you can kind of get granular, some of those things and just put them somewhere almost like a like a 10 commandments right where these are my these are rules that i want to know that i'm I'm living by in a relationship or that i'm you know i'm never going to make a decision based on blank and i'm never going to chicken out when it comes to blank and i'm always going to try to be courageous when it comes to blank and you make a little list of those and then you know, when you're having a hard time and your mind's starting to, to wonder, or maybe you're starting to think, you know, maybe this isn't the right thing for me, or man, I really know I need to leave this relationship, but gosh, it would cost so much money or it would cause so much pain or what would people say? Or, you know, would that, how would that impact my job? Or what would my kid, I mean, we, we all have the audience that we're playing for. Um, and we make decisions. And, 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 but when you look at that not in an emotional state, you're probably not going to consider the audience. And you're going to want to know that, look, look, if I know I need to leave and I want to be happy and I want to be true to myself, that I will always choose that over money or ego or position or title. And then when you're faced with it and you look back and, you know, I've always said that I wanted to make a decision based on this and you'll find that you're you've found every which way to make a decision but that when you get when push comes to shove and and then you get to look at it and go think i was serious or do you think i was naive or do you think i was right and now i'm being an idiot or now i'm being safe or now i'm letting my ego run rampant or i'm just overly protecting myself or somebody else when i really should be protecting myself what does that look like you just it's interesting because there's so many things that get in the way of our decision-making, particularly when it's a big emotional decision. Yeah, I don't think if we fast forward on our, on our deathbed and say, I am so glad that I stayed in that shitty relationship because of, of money. 
<laughs> I don't think we're going to be, no, that's right. you know, making those decisions. And I think that that's, that's a, a, a good exercise for people to do fast forward, be on your deathbed with those decisions. I can remember, I can remember my dad telling me that he, in, in his second marriage one day, he said, you know, if I could afford it, I would leave my, hmm. we were, were driving on the road somewhere and I, we were in his van. And he said, and I'll never forget that. And I'll never forget feeling sad for him. And I'll never forget thinking to myself, Please, God, don't ever let those words come out of my mouth. Please don't ever let me choose money or profitability or security over love and happiness. Please don't let me do that. And, I, and when it came time for me to make that decision, that memory was a really big motivator for me because my, my, my divorce was pretty public and it was um, pretty high stakes and it was pretty friggin' expensive. and most people thought I had lost my friggin' mind because I was giving up or risking or putting at risk things that most people would never put at risk for love. I love my dad, but I, boy, I, I, he taught me a lesson that day. Yeah, that's a beautiful lesson for a father to teach his son, you know, to, to be able to say, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to make that mistake that, that, that you made. And it's now pointing the finger at your dad. It's a, that's a beautiful realization that you had yourself. You know, you know, what's interesting too, is I also, you know, on, on the flip side about, should I stay? I remember a few, few years into my relationship with my wife, we were having some challenges. We, we started moving around and the direction that we were going in places weren't panning out. And so we had more stress. And I remember both of us thinking, you know, is this right for us? You know, should we stay in this relationship? And the turning point for me was, was, well, how am I contributing to it in a negative way? Like, what what do I need to do to shift and change? And, you know, if I was struggling to live the way I wanted with my wife, I had to ask myself, you know, how am I difficult to live with? And when I started doing that and shifting the, the blame from her, and we both started doing our inner work, we started seeing the progression. And when I work with, with couples, if we're working for a while and it's not getting anywhere and it's retracting, you know, we, we, you kind of have to, you have to do your summary and take your data there. But if all of a sudden you're seeing shifts and there's movement and there's work and there's transformation, that question about, should I stay started? I know for me started going, yeah, you know, I, I really didn't do the work in, in some ways to feel, like it because in the beginning of our relationship we had it we had the connection we had all of those things and we let it wane with some of the stress and i think that that's also what i took in my work of the work that i did in my relationship 25 years later i i don't want to be anywhere else you know than than this relationship so some of the aspects of people to decide about staying i think is is also the aspect of you know, pointing it, pointing it back to where they have management and they have influence to see if these shifts are happening. And if they are, there's momentum there. So I think that's also an aspect that when I hear people say, well, how do I, how do I know about if I should stay and what kind of work do I need to do? And I think that's, that's really important to, to take the aspects of what they think that is out there as opposed to is there enough material here? And people need to investigate that. Is there enough material here? And if there's not, then uh, I'm all for people saying, let's transition and do the best that we can 
endings are as important as beginnings. People don't realize that when they're making that decision. They usually just throw a bomb on it instead of like, what kind of legacy do you want to leave? And I think that that's really important because then it makes it easier in life to make those decisions. Should I stay or should I go? If there's some integral aspects of that leaving. And I know for you, you and your, your ex-wife, you still have a relationship that you communicate well with and you're still in, in business, right? In some aspects. Yeah, well, we're still involved in the same businesses, but we don't we don't have to make any decisions or do anything or counsel one another or anything like that, which is which is good. I mean, that's that's healthy. But you know, it's interesting. I mean, you, you go back with your with your story and where that happened. The problem is most people are figuring out whether they should stay or go alone. And if you decide that you should go, then you're so far down the road. I mean, usually when somebody says I, this isn't working for me. Uh, by the time you say that, you're so relieved because you've been carrying it around for so long and you feel like you've lost 50 pounds, but you just handed somebody 50 pounds of extra weight that they didn't see coming. And because you've been doing all this work, quote unquote, on your own, you were smart enough and brave enough and to say, hey, where, where's my DNA in this? Where is my DNA on how I feel? And then communicating that with a partner and just keeping that conversation alive so that if you're moving towards stay or go, you're moving towards stay or go together, not as islands where one could be way farther ahead than another. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a big deal. It is. It's a beautiful process to be able to do that because then, you know, I hear people say, well, I want to know that we we gave it our all. And it's beautiful when when you know that you are doing it together or that, you know, the realization that when you're doing it together and both of you can realize whether that's working well or not. So then there's not a lot of guilt or shame for one person just making a unilateral decision. I think you both can say, look, you know, these are the things that that we've laid out and we tried and we both know this and we're we're communicating this on a level that that is created. Sometimes people in their in their breakups are even creating more intimacy because it's the first time, like you said, that they're really talking, they're really expressing their feelings. And unfortunately, sometimes it's fucking too late. And that's the reality of it. My ex-wife and I went to therapy when the car was already in the ditch, right? Um, it was it was like, hello, is there a tow truck anywhere around? But my wife's ex-husband, I mean, they, they practically were in therapy from the, the day one with issues or whatever it was. But, and, and from what I've gathered, you know, her frustration was is she would do the work, but he would not do the work because he really didn't want to be there or didn't take it as seriously or, or, or what, but, or maybe he did, but he, regardless when they came back, you know, he hadn't done the exercises or written down the things or, you know, and she had done it all. I know that was a, that was a big issue of, you know, I tell people, if you do certain things in your life with the same enthusiasm that you have when paying your bills, that's not, <laughs> that's not really engaging. That's not really going to help move the ball. That's right. Being there and being a participant that's, that's engaged and caught and dialed in. Hey, why don't you share with us, when we talked before, some things that you do in some of your motivational workshops and, and trainings for people to 
understand and decide, you know, what's an asset for them, what's working for them, what's not working for them. Because I think sometimes people want these tools. Yeah. You know, in the, in, in my book um, that you mentioned so kindly effortless, it's, there's an exercise I have in the book and there's an, also an exercise I don't have in the book that I wanted to, and I thought a lot about putting it in or not. And I decided not to put it in because I wanted it to be a value add when I spoke to people because I really wanted to bring another layer of impact to the exercise that's in the book. But basically the exercise in the book, and it's about, it's, it's about, I call it your effortless plan. And I've coached some of the most successful people in the country with this plan. And the idea is, and you can do anything with it. You can improve your marriage. You can work, show your kids how to figure things out. There's just nothing you can't do. But the idea is, First of all, I would say you have to look at what's something that you know you want to improve, right? Um, And that can be anything. I mean, it could be personal, relational, uh, professional, whatever it is. But everybody's got something. If if we said, okay, in in your marriage, what's one thing that you would really like to see improved in your marriage? And somebody says, okay, well, you write that down and you write it down you take a blank sheet of paper and you write it down in, in, right in the middle of the page, right in the dead middle. And you just write that answer. What would I like to see improved? And you write it and then you circle it. And then you draw, you draw three circles off, one to the right, one to the left, one below. And you say, okay, so here's the deal. I'm going to tell you that you have to, you have to, if you had to put a $100,000 bet that you get back if you're right and you lose if you're wrong. You got to put a $100,000 bet down. What are the three things that you believe, if you did, would actually cause that to happen or improve in your marriage? And you write those things down. It, it, it could be an action. It could be, it could be anything. It could be, it could be uh, something that you, it just happens or whatever. But what are the three things that you believe without question that you would put $100,000 on that if these three things happened, that you would get what you want? And you write those down in the three bubbles. And then on the three bubbles, you draw, you look at each one and say, okay, we're going to make a bubble for every answer you come up with. But I want you to say, now, we're going to put another $100,000 bet on the, the, the three to five actions that you can take that you believe without doubt that you would put $100,000 on, again, that if you did these three to five things, that you would actually achieve that bubble. And then we'll do it for the next one, and then we'll do it for the next one. And all of a sudden, we've got a paper that's got a center circle that says, this is what I want to improve in my marriage. These are the three things around it that I believe if, I, if these things happen, that my marriage would improve. And here are the three to five actions that I believe if I did these for each of these bubbles, that those bubbles would absolutely come true. And then you've got it. So then you've got those, you got that answer. And so then you look at those, 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 those last rung of bubbles, those three to five actions you can take and look at it and say, okay, so take, you just have a three or four highlighter, different color highlighters in your hand and say, okay, so what of these actions can I do this week? Or can I start working on this week? And highlight those in yellow. And then say, okay, is there anything on there that would take maybe a month to do? Give that a different color. Is there anything that might take 
more one to three months to do a quarter. And is there anything on there that's left over that might take six months to a year? And you give that a different color. And now you've got a pretty simple visual, not a term paper, not something that's listed one, two, three, because one, two, three makes it seem like one is more important than two and two is more important than three. You just have bubbles laying out on a piece of paper with no numbers that just kind of show you what you believe are the prioritizations around the issue at hand. And Prepo, you can do, you can solve the most important business decisions with this plan. You can solve the simplest relational problem with this plan and anything in between. It is extremely simple. But the problem is we, 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 we don't simplify in a, in a way that connects with us. And I have found that this drawing, just to take a blank piece of paper and drawing these bubbles, and you have all these bubbles, and it's, um, you can see it, and you can blow it up. You can put it on a poster board and put it on your, put it on your office wall, and you can, you can look at it from 20 feet and know exactly what's important to do to get what you want. But man, Sean, what you're talking about, that takes a little work. That takes a little effort. <laughs> and it amazes me like people are, you know, it's like, yeah, folks, guess what? You know, if, especially in our relationships, it amazes me. And I said, man, if you just put an ounce of the, the work that you do in your everyday work into your relationship, what you would see, you know, people, people usually come to therapy and they expect that hour to, to magically, you know, shift instead of like doing some, some of the exercises that, that you're talking about. And especially what I love in your book, like you can tell, man, you, you, you've done your work, you know, and, and in, in order to have the life that we want, we have to put focus, attention and shift behavior and put energy and effort and it doesn't have to be drudgery work because if it were aligned with it and we know those signs like you're just saying making those bubbles and know what resonates and and follow through on those things we're going to be following through on our alignment not drudging through on our shoulds and our obligations there's no doubt but if you look at the anatomy of a relationship over time particularly a romantic relationship over time that's maybe it's a long-term dating relationship maybe it's a marriage but it's something like that it starts off unfucking believable right everything about her is amazing everything about you is amazing it is we are feeling everything from our eyebrows to our toenails right i mean it is every it's just it's in it's in the the, the awesomeness is in stereo and then what happens is, is, is as the timeline moves along, there becomes opportunities, little cracks in, the, in, in that bubble of life, you know, kids, sickness, finances, you know, stresses, a death in the family, a loss of something, uh, a pet die. I mean, like this life happens. And, and, and as it happens, it just, it can kind of erode and, and, and just kind of erase enough of the bubble where life just doesn't trickle in. It just fucking floods in. And all of a sudden your boat's full and, and where you were just sailing along without a care in the world, it's, 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 it's friggin' way down. Right. And, um, 
And I think the, the beauty of this exercise for me is if you can kind of do this bubble exercise, all you're saying is, I'm a big fan of rock, paper, scissors, right? So, and I'll refer to a lot of things in that. So all you're saying is rock, paper, scissors, the shit on this paper wins. It wins over this. It wins over that. It went, if I just know this is what I'm calling most important, then it will be most important. But if I don't define what's important, then life will define what's important for me. And it'll usually be, it'll usually be the drama of the day. There you go. There you go. Exactly. Yep. Right. We're, we're, we're not staring that ship with intention. We're, we're constantly reacting to our life and we feel disempowered when we do that. And that, that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. The other exercise that, um, that's not in the book that, that, goes along with the bubbles is, is, is one of my favorite things. It was, I, I would teach, um, I would teach people all over the country this and it, I was known for it um, in, in our work world, but it applies to so much, even in your relationships. And, and it's, and, and it's this, if you, if you, if you have a blank sheet of paper and you just, and you just draw a, a, a big cross, make, make the, just divide it into four, divide the paper into four quadrants. And in the upper left-hand quadrant on the paper, you, you draw a, an addition sign. And in the upper right-hand corner, you draw a subtraction sign. And down below the, the, the addition sign, you draw a multiplication sign. And over on the bottom right-hand side, you draw a division sign. And the exercise goes like this. You say, okay, well, here's what these mean. The plus category in the top left corner, this is people and tasks from a business perspective. This is people and tasks that add to the quality of your life or business and give you energy. Now, in a relationship sense, this could be um, things about my relationship that give me energy. Things about my spouse that give me energy. Things that I do for my spouse that give me energy, right? and add to the quality of my life and mirror. In the upper right-hand corner, the, 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 the subtraction sign, these are the people and tasks. These are the, the, the elements of my marriage. These are the elements of my spouse or myself that take away energy for me, that don't feel great, that don't really add to the quality of my life or marriage, as I know. Enlist it. And if you can do this together, it's pretty freaking powerful. Bottom left-hand corner is the multiplication sign. So this is, if you've, if you've ever heard of good to great, this, if this makes the plus category good, and this is great. So this is the stuff that not just I like, but I friggin' love. I love when you say, I love when we do, I love when we act like, I love when we attend, or whatever, whatever it is. These are, this is like versus love. And then in the bottom right-hand corner, it's, this is not stuff that just doesn't add to the quality of our marriage or relationship. This is the shit that just tears us apart, in my opinion. This is the stuff that drives me, wants to drive me out of our marriage. This is the stuff when, when, when it's said and done and we, we behave or when we fight or when we do what we know is horrible for us. This is, these are the things that are going, that I believe are going to cause me to go. 
And when you can, and, and, and the power of these exercises is just in the labeling. Because without, because the next time, because, you know, in the work person thing, when you say, you know, so-and-so, when Bob is in the division category for me, the next time you see Bob, you're not going to look at him like, oh, there's Bob. You're going to go, oh, God, I got to get the hell away from Bob. Because I've labeled it, and, I, and, and shame on me for keeping him in my life if I've labeled him as really bad for it. So if you can have these conversations and your spouse knows, God, this really, I, I had no idea that when, you know, I put a candle in your scrambled eggs that it, you know, it, it gave you fuel for a week. You know what I mean? Um, whatever stupid, I had no idea that that meant so much to you. Or I had no idea that I hurt you that much, that saying, you know, that made you want to run. But we all have it. We all have answers we can put in those categories. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's like, it's just lay it out. Just lay it out so you can really understand it instead of letting it crowd in your head. When we let it crowd in our head, it just gets, it gets confusing instead of like laying it out so that we can really see it and understand it and then it resonates with us. And going back to the conversation earlier with, you know, as, as guys, I think we have a hard time kind of, it does. I mean, if you just did that exercise in a, in a, in a quiet moment, and you had that piece of paper and then you had a conversation around, you know, I heard this and I had this and I just kind of did this exercise. And when I did it, it really made me think a lot. And I thought, I thought it's important enough to probably share. And I would like you to do this exercise. And then I'd like to compare our notes and talk about it. That's great. That's great. Hey, brother, Matt, I really enjoyed this. Uh, thanks for surfing with me today on this, in the subject. And, and uh, one thing that I, I, I read in your book that I'm just starting for the first time is um, I'm, I want to get out and I'm, I want to play some tennis. So yeah. I, know that, I know that you have a little bit of background in this. So when we see each other in person, maybe that's something that you can give me some pointers. I, I'm, I'm good at pointers on the tennis court. That, uh, that what I would love to do. It's, it comes very naturally for me, but uh, it's, it's a great sport and, and, and it's, a, it's one I encourage a lot. Yeah, I want to be outside with, with my sports. Uh, right now so that that helps hey so tell people what's going on for you especially in this month of may man you get to you get to do it you get to plug it T tell us what's going on may's the big month we were um this book was going to publish may 5th of last year and it got pulled because of covid because i was a new author and um i was so mad about it you know we talk about the universe and you know the universe is always running in the background whether we like it or not but you know i really wanted this book out last year because i was so excited to have it done and i thought it was ready and then it got pulled out and, 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 and it got pushed off till May of this year. So May 4th, this book gets delivered from Amazon and Barnes and Noble. If you, if you, if you've ordered it, it's, 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 it's available to, to get immediately. So when you, when you, when you're hearing this, this podcast, go to Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. You can look up effortless and it's spelled F dash it dash less. Yeah. Go ahead for my international listeners. What is that? So effortless is it's got two meanings. It's it's say effort less because we all so many people make decisions by saying effort. They throw their hands up, they give up or they give in to something. And that's how most people make a lot of big decisions in their life because they really don't like change, but they don't like change because it's not their idea. So they end up just giving into it reluctantly. 
And it's a bad way to live and it's a bad way to create change and it's a bad way to, 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 to move, live your life in the direction you want to live. And it also, the other play on it is, it sounds a lot like the word effortless. Mm-hmm. And if, in my, my belief is, if you can live an effortless life by designing it and making, doing some of the things that I, that I help you think about and do in this book, that your life will feel a lot effortless, a lot more effortless than it has in the past because you are doing it in a way that's in alignment with who you are, what you want, what your goals are, and just the energy you want to live with in your life. So you can buy Effortless on Barnes & Noble or you can buy it on Amazon. I'm super excited about it because I think this book's going to help people live a much better life than they've, they've lived before because they're going to be able to live it with intention and some perspectives that um, they hadn't thought about before. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, what I loved about the book too is, man, you could just flip to any chapter and that chapter itself, man, I, I would take I would take time to just let it digest and, and let it really percolate in me. So I, I so appreciate all the, all the golden nuggets that you would just put in just each chapter that can stand on its own. Well, I, I, I'm honored you, uh, you, you read it, and I'm even more flattered that you, you, that you thought that up the book. So, yeah, um, yeah. And, and it's been a pleasure to be on the show with you because I, you're awesome, man. I'm, the universe has put us together for a reason beyond this show, I believe. Yeah. But um, I, I, I really <laughs> I, I feel like I found a soulmate somewhere yeah. out there on some level. I really, really have enjoyed getting to know you, and this has been a super fun thing to be a part of. Yeah, same here, man. That's what I love about sometimes doing this and and to be able to have a new friend in the world. And I can feel that right off the bat, you know, what I, what I'm getting more into is I want to have a conversation. It's got to flow. So I, I have to have a little test conversation and I didn't want to hang up the phone with us. I was laughing, having a great time. And <laughs> so I hope to continue it with you. So, and, and where else can people find you when, when they're looking for you? Um, my website is, um, is seanrawls.com. S-H-A-U-N. I'm, a, I'm an odd Sean these days. S-H-A-U-N-R-A-W-L-S, like Lou Rawls, but SeanRawls.com. And if uh, and you can find my website and see what's going on and book me to speak, uh, keynote speaker for events or buy the book or whatever you'd like to do. Or li- I write stuff a lot and I post it on there. So, and I do um, videos from time to time that, that are little lessons. So you can find it all on my website. Sweet. All right, brother, man. Thank you so much. And we're going to arrange. You said you come up to Asheville sometimes when we get your ass up here. I love it. I love it. I love Asheville. It's one of my favorite places. Cool. All right, bud. Thanks so much. Prepo, you're the best, man. Take care. You too, man. Relationships. Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed counselor Prepo Toplitsky, visit prepo.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling or psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Mm